0: Is this a spiritual podcast? (laughs) Sure is. You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, the realest conversation on spirituality, finding your truth, and creating a life that honors your soul. I'm your host, Megan Hale, and together we'll grow in more faith, more love, and doing our holy work in the world. We've always been holy, and we were born to be wild. Permission to be both is granted. Happy Monday, friends, and welcome back to another episode on Wild and Holy Radio. The conversation that I have for you today is has to be one of my favorites that I've recorded this year because the person that I'm introducing you to has played a really big role in um, a lot of spiritual unraveling (laughs) big questions that I've been asking myself this year and you get to hear the story of how all of this kind of unfolded. So today I'm introducing you to Andrea Johnson who I first heard speak at an event that I went to earlier this year called Practical Magic Live that was hosted by McKenna Held and it really brought together all kinds of women visionaries on entrepreneurs, uh, people who are passionate about waking themselves up and also waking up the world. And when Andrea took the stage, I literally have not been the same person since. So I'm so grateful for her coming on and sharing more about her work and the changes that she wants to see in the world and how we can actually do that. So Andrea is one of the few people that is really talking about how do we build the bridge between personal growth and social justice. And when she was on that stage, I'm telling you like something just, I don't know if it was a light bulb that switched on or the bottom of my world fell apart as I realized there was like this huge hole in my work. And you know those moments where you have that awareness of like you, you were wanting something, but you didn't even know that you wanted it this was kind of a moment for me when I was hearing her talk about her work and how we could all be doing more. And, The question of um, what does more look like for me and how do I do that has been a big thing that I've been sitting with ever since. So Andrea has such a softness about her of welcoming you closer to some really tough topics and that's such a just natural gift for who she is as a woman and I know that you're going to hear that come through on our conversation today. So before we get into this I want to point you to her website um, which you can find in the show notes I really want you to look at her program called Coaching is Activism, which we're going to talk about today in her interview. I will be enrolling in this when it is open again for enrollment. So I would love to see as many of us in there as possible. I think the work that she's doing is incredibly important. And I know for me personally, it's been a big piece that's, that's been missing. So Andrea is a vision-led facilitator and coach who believes that together we rise She is deeply committed to doing her part in cultivating a world that works for everyone and does so by placing her work at the intersections of personal growth, social justice, and conscious business. As the creator of Coaching is Activism, she supports people doing transformative work to deepen their impact by taking a critical look at how their work and lives are connected to social change. As the co-founder of Whole Self Liberation, she offers and uplifts practical tools, resources, and wisdom for those who want to make change happen in their lives and communities. As a coach and consultant, she works with entrepreneurs, businesses, and organizations that want to be more inclusive and impactful, do so through their approach to leadership, their marketing, and their company culture. She's a huge fan of black girl magic, sunsets, and veggie burritos. I am so excited to share our conversation with you today. So without further ado, here is the amazing Andrea. Welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio, you guys. I'm so excited about our conversation today because our next guest actually was a big catalyst to This whole "wild and holy movement, whether she knows it or not, (laughs) we be sharing a little bit more behind the scenes of that. But today I am speaking to the lovely Andrea. I am so glad that you're with me today. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited.
0: (laughs) Me too. So for everybody who's listening, Andrea and I first met back in late February of this year, 2017, at an event called Practical Magic Live. And... Andrea got up on stage and she started sharing some really big truths. And I think that you led with um, sharing the names of the seven transgender women who had died that year. Mm -hmm. And that cracked me open in such a powerful way because when I was a practicing therapist, I was one of the few people who opened their office to the transgender community And sitting in some of those intimate spaces and hearing these stories and just knowing um, how much they needed like an advocate and allies and how much I was letting fear stand in the way of using my voice when there were all of these other people in the world who really need us to get over our fear and start standing up in the world. So after you got off the stage, I completely bawled my eyes out and something else opened up in me too, because your speech, it's so easy for us to get stuck in our own little lane and we focus on what we're doing, but not so much like the impact on the world that we want to have. And you really, it made me ask some really big questions of myself of how am I bringing this work to everyone and making it more inclusive. And that has been a question that I have continued to unravel ever since you spoke. So I just want to say thank you, first of all, for, for mm-hmm. being who you are and saying what you said that day on that stage, because it was powerful. Mm.
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank
0: You're you for <laughs> me. that, I mean, that's what I
1: wanted. That's like, that's all I wanted was for people to like leave with questions. Um, so I love that.
0: And they're big questions. And I don't really think I understood the magnitude of them until really within the past couple of months. um, It's kind of been like a perfect storm over the past couple of years. Like watching the election was really triggering for me and not really understanding why it was triggering so much for me and really seeing a lot of things being pushed through like um, a Christian agenda when I was raised Christian and then left Christianity. It was like, is that is that really like what Christians believe? Cause I feel like there's some stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And then that really led to even further diving into um, like, how did my religious upbringing create all of these hierarchies, not only between like patriarchy, but also between races. Mm-hmm. And then everything really came unglued. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, so much of this st- systemic stuff is present. And I wasn't even aware of it. So Yeah, you getting on that stage, girl. It's like, oh my gosh, so much to explore. Uh,
1: Yes. Uh, I love it.
0: (laughs) So, where I'd like to start today, you know, you have, I've watched you blossom in your work since late February with coaching as activism and how we really take the work that we're doing to create more social justice. And I realized that was like a real big piece that, oh my gosh, like, how did I miss that that was even missing? But I know that you've been on your own journey to arrive to this purpose. And part of that is allowing yourself to show up in the world, to take up space, to use your voice, to step into your bold leadership. And I would love to know more about the journey that's brought you here, the spiritual journey, if you will. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I think that um, it's been been a very – like i i can't even I can't call it like a roller coaster. It feels kind of like I've been going on this like cycle and coming back to the same point, but with like different awareness and then going back around and coming to the same point yeah. um, of of just like of, of my voice and my power and and what I know about it and how I feel about it and how I use it um, but uh yeah I mean like i i grew up, um, both reading all of this stuff about like personal growth and everything. My, my dad has been a coach most of my life. So I I grew up kind of like in this, in this world of, um, like how, what does it mean to grow and heal? Um, and, and then I also like always knew, (laughs) um, purpose wise, I always felt like, I never I don't think I've ever asked the question like what is my purpose. Um <laughs> I I have always wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. Um and that that has gotten a lot clearer like what that looks like over the course of my life. Um but at the same time that I was like in that question about like what does it mean to grow and heal and everything just like a, like a 10-year-old asking me questions. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I also like always felt kind of like the weight of the world and I was always paying attention to like current events that were happening or like in history class, like getting like really going real deep into, um, into various historical events that have happened, especially the ones that are like really outrageous, um, like slavery or the Holocaust or, um, every, the colonization of this land that we're on right now um like things like that i would go real real deep (laughs) into it up until no i mean i still do that actually (laughs) but i remember like having like school projects and i would like like get really intense about like human trafficking and like know everything about how like what it was happening and really just wanting to know why all of these things were happening Mm -hmm. um But, and at the same time, while all of this is going on, I have my own relationship with my voice and, and feeling like, um, constantly this question about like, when to use it. Um, and am I using it enough? Am I, am I using my power enough? Am I, um, and usually the question was no. (laughs) Um, or the answer was no. And, um, really kind of, like, always feeling, especially, like, in high school, feeling like there was so much more, um, for me to tap into. there's so much more for me to say, and, um, and so I've, I've just kind of, like, been on this, on this journey of, like, exploring what it is that I, that I have to say, and exploring what it feels like to share it, and what happens when people start listening. <laughs> Um and and want to hear more. That could be
0: like the scary part. I mean, it it has been for me. Um, and I think we're asking similar questions. Like you ask why these things happened, and Mm -hmm. I ask, how did these things happen? Like Mm -hmm. how how are some of these things okay? Uh like Mm -hmm. these huge injustices that are part of our history as a world, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the how for me is. How do we, how do we prevent it from happening again or continuing to happen? How do we, how do we interject here and create Mm -hmm. something new? And then, okay, I have to share this poem that you wrote because I share it with lots lots of people (laughs) (laughs) and you shared it during your talk. So this is a poem that Andrea wrote and she, it's, it's very short, but it's so powerful. It says, in hard times filled with hate, look to your highest self instead of getting angry, they say, as if my highest self isn't angry as fuck. And there's something about that, Andrea. Like There's so many messages that we carry about it's not okay to be angry Mm -hmm. or that anger isn't a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And seeing those words, hearing them, was like, whoa, what would happen if I let that anger that my higher self knows that there's injustices playing out in the world? What if I use that as fuel and acknowledge it instead of trying to dampen it out? Mm-hmm. And then there's the scary thing of if I start talking about how un- like unjust all these things are, what can of worms am I going to open? And am I strong enough to deal with that pushback, that criticism, that judgment, the the messages of, sit down and shut up and be quiet mm-hmm. you know mm. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love anger i think it's it's so sacred and and holy mm-hmm. um when when we're able to be with it when we're able to like listen to it it has it has words for us it has wisdom for us <laughs> to to listen yes. to um and yeah, our world is, like, is so, especially in this, like, spiritual realm when we're, or even, like, religious, it's just, like, don't be angry. Um, anger is destructive or toxic or whatever. Like, no, <laughs> we just don't know how to be with it. We just um, don't know how to relate to our anger. I agree. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah.
0: And it's so wise. It's so wise because, like, to me, anger is pointing us towards something. Mm-hmm. What is it pointing you to? if we can allow to like gain ask it questions to sit with it yeah but for most of us you know anger is something that we're taught is needs to be controlled
1: mhm
0: and anger is like a fire like it needs to burn it needs room to breathe it needs room to, to go somewhere right and it's here to burn some things down right mhm <laughs> that needs to be burned down yeah So what's it been like this year for you starting to use, I mean, I just met you this year, so I don't know what the previous decades of your life look like using your voice, but I know I've seen you standing and using your voice more powerfully this year for sure. So Mm -hmm. what has that experience been like, like has there been resistance? How have you dealt with that? How have you continued to show up?
1: Yeah, tons of resistance, (laughs) always resistance. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one thing that I've noticed that I'm, like, that I'm currently working on is, like, I I want to be, I want to consistently use my voice. And I tend to, the patterns that I've noticed is that I tend to um, only, like, really get fired up and um, be a little bit more consistent when there's, like, something enraging going on. Um, And that is but like it it both like fuels me and it can be like really um i don't not exhausting but just like um like both fueling and like (laughs) draining (laughs) to, to rely on things to go wrong in order for me to feel okay with using my voice um and so, I have been playing around with like what i what do I have to say when like there 's nothing necessarily like there 's no um, hot topic event happening in our world or in our country um, what What do I still have to say, and I have a lot to say still so, um, but does it require you know someone dying or or something? Um, happening in our like government or whatever like it it doesn 't need to um so kind of playing with that, but um yeah it 's definitely like this year has i 've <laughs> like, really focused on on using my voice more, and that has been terrifying um and I have consistently gotten like feedback <laughs> that like like do it more share your voice more. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um,
1: which is also like, which is also terrifying. Cause I think I, what I've been sitting with, especially with, um, in this like last couple months as my, like the people that, that follow me on social media and everything, it has grown a lot. Um, is that like the more people listen to you and take in what you're saying, the more responsibility there is. um, and, and the more opportunity there is <laughs> for, for, like, people to come back at you and say – and have criticisms or um, whatever. And that's always been, like, the thing that has kept me back the most is fear of um, criticism. But I think, like, deeper than, than criticism, like, people, people telling me that like I've hurt them um, Mm. with, with their words. And, and so I've had to, or with my words and um, I've had to be okay because of the topics that I'm talking about. (laughs) I've had to like learn to be okay with like, you know, people might feel hurt with the things that I'm doing. They might, they might get angry. They, they, they might get defensive. They might um, get mean, they might you know have whatever feelings and um, that doesn 't necessarily have to mean anything about me um, and that that 's necessary. I was um, just talking the other day like this this work of um, being aware <laughs> of of what 's happening in our world and um, even like our little corners of the world and um, and working to create a more just existence on this planet Mm
0: -hmm.
1: requires you to feel a lot requires you to to be angry and to be hurt and to feel the grief of like the pain on this planet and um, to be sad about it like you have to if you can't feel it then you are very much incapacitated is that a word (laughs) like you're like bound up and and the the availability that you have to actually change things is all wound up and isn't usable. Yeah. When you don't have access to your feelings about this world and about what it is to be human. Being a human is hard. <laughs> Sometimes, sure. like a lot of the time. And yeah. like when we're not able to feel it, like there's there's so much that's left on the table.
0: So many things that just popped up for me while you were talking. I mean, first giving ourselves permission to feel like I think our soul speaks to us through feelings and emotions like that's the language Mm -hmm. of the soul and I know so many of us we try and control what what we can feel and what we don't want to feel not realizing like we can't selectively feel like Mm -hmm. we have to create space for it all and I think one of the things that comes up for me is trusting yourself enough to feel Mm -hmm. the deep feelings and know that you're going to be okay Mm -hmm. Um, knowing that you can, you can tread water there, you can swim there, you can breathe there, and it's not going to overpower you. Because
1: I -hmm. think a lot of
0: us we're we're afraid that if we feel something really intensely, it's going to drown us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing that comes up is, I'm hearing you being very clear around what is yours to control and what is somebody else's Mm -hmm. to control and really having to be very discerning. Um, Mm -hmm. between those two things as you're speaking about something that is very emotionally charged. um, Mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing, talking about God. People have very personal ideas around what God is and what divinity is and what it means to be holy. Mm -hmm. And I might say some stuff that pisses people off or they might give me some middle fingers. They might be really Mm -hmm. scary and mean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I've had to... um, there's a vulnerability around that of not shutting out the criticism completely because some of it's really valuable. Like we mm-hmm. know when we um, have misstepped or made a mistake and that's an opportunity for us to own it and correct it and do it better in the future. Right. Yeah. But not all criticism carries the same value. And so there's mm-hmm. that big discernment piece, you know, especially when yeah. lots of people are coming at you, like putting their hurt and pain on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. of like is this mine or theirs? And like it offers a lot of self-reflection, but I think it's, mm-hmm. it's good for personal growth and leadership.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm so curious about, so it sounds to me like your life story, there was always this desire to help. It's just who you are. And you've always been attracted to some of the most unjust and horrific time periods of our life. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that we're in one right now Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just the veil is being lifted really on just how much Mm -hmm. further we have to go to create um, a world that is good for all of us. Mm -hmm. So your work centers around how helping coaches and healers and leaders use their platforms and their voices to create more social justice and activism. Which, mm-hmm. just from these little two pieces from your story, I'm like, of course it ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> but what was it like to kind of grow into this direction? Like how long has coaching, has activism been around?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think the the like seeds for this i mean of, of course like i' I've, I've been kind of like in these two worlds for most of my life, but um the the like the seed really got planted <laughs> when um when i had done i when when I was maybe nineteen. 18. Um, I like really started diving into, um, like my own growth. And before that it was just kind of passive just because like, you know, I was just, <laughs> that's what, what I was just around all the yeah. time. Um, but then I started really diving into it, um, and, and do it, going to trainings and, and things like that, getting coached. Um, and then I went to college, um, and I started to get a, a huge grasp on not just what like how what's what's happening internally, but what's happening systemically and what's happening culturally and how that and and questioning how all of that that's happening outside of us externally um affects us internally. Mm. And so that's what i focused my my studies on in college is um uh, just investigating the the connections between um our like personal growth and healing and our collective growth and healing and justice and um collective liberation um and so Coaching as Activism came out of that. <laughs> um, I actually started Coaching as Activism in my last semester of college um, as a part of my senior thesis project. Yeah. So um, I, I, the, the whole program, the creation of it, the marketing of it, um, was kind of like a, an experiment in, like, how do, you, how do you share about a program ethically? How do you, um, create a program ethically? How do you, um, create a, um, the curriculum in a way that like really brings together all of the things that I'm wanting to bring together? Um, and, and then what, what does it look like in practice? Like when I actually bring together like a a diverse group of people, (laughs) um, and we, like, come together to talk about, like, what it means to use our coaching as our activism. Um, how, how does that work? What, what happens? <laughs> yeah. um, and so that was about, let's see, it's November. That was, like, a little over a year ago. <laughs> and um, and since then, I've done, um, I, had, I had one round of it, and then I had another round earlier this year. Um, and now I'm in the third round of it. And it has grown a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really got started because in, in the trainings that I, w- I was doing um, that centered around like leadership and, and social and emotional intelligence and um, all these things. I, I was so frustrated, um, not just with the trainings, but what I would see, when, when, like, events would happen um, around, like, police brutality or something in the world and what I would see from coaches and healers on social media. Um you people saying kind that of like wanted.
0: the spiritual bypass, like, love and, like trying mm-hmm. to stay out of the political realm?
1: Right. And <laughs> so I was, I was just, like, really frustrated, really angry <laughs> yeah. that, that there wasn't – that it, it seemed like these worlds were so separate um, and, and I knew that they weren't like, <laughs> I know I like the, the systems that we are trying to to dismantle or transform or whatever um, were created by humans um, <laughs> and they're, per- and they are perpetuated by humans. They, they continue on because we let them. Um, okay. So what's happening for us internally that, that allows for that to happen and in social justice spaces, there wasn't as much of a interest in at least then. Now I think there's a little bit more, but there wasn't as much of an interest then um, about healing, um, about like how all of these things—how oppression, racism, sexism, transphobia, things like that—how how it affects us internally, how it um, traumatizes us. Um, those of us that have marginalized identities and um, not really any conversation going on there. And then, <laughs> um, or conversation, but just not prioritized at all. Um, and, and then in personal growth spaces, literally, like, no conversation <laughs> about how yeah. um, racism, sexism, ableism shows up in how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about other people and how we interact with the world around us. Like, none of that. And, and so <laughs> I, was, I was really just like, okay, something needs to change um, and, and wanting to kind of get that conversation going between, um, between these like seemingly separate
0: worlds. All right, I have so many questions about this. So <clears throat> my first question is, what kind of people is Coaching is Activism attracting? Is it Mm. people in, like, all different phases of their leadership journey? Is it people who've done a lot of personal growth who are now ready to um, lend their voice to something much, much bigger? Like, what are you seeing as a whole? Mm -hmm. Any patterns? I think
1: the the (laughs) – taking a step back a little bit, the thing that's
0: really
1: (laughs) really interesting for me, I I remember – I'm glad you asked this question because I completely forgot about this. I remember I realized in in college – like anybody that gets into activism, organizing, um social justice stuff wants to do that because they notice that there's something wrong in the world and they want to like they want to change it or or the world has hurt them and they want they don't want that to happen to other people. I think something is similar <laughs> with like people that get into healing work, social justice or not social justice, coaching work, um Psychology, therapy, any of like the, raising the,
0: hands over here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think the same is similar. Like we we see that something's wrong in the world, and we say, okay, um, something's got to change. Let me see how I can help. And the ways that these two groups of people choose to help is different because I think they see different um, different ways that change happens. So. Um, so the people that are, are more interested in systemic change and cultural change see that, oh, the issue is, is systems. The issue is cultures. Um, and, like, we have, to, we have to change that. And if we change that, then, then the, the people will change. Um, and then people that are interested in, like, healing and therapy and coaching um, are kind of like, let me help people. And then the systems will change, or the cultures will change, politics will change, whatever. Um, and I think it's both. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and so I, I see people like people coming into the program, um, or just into like the conversation from all from wherever they are. Um, whether it's like they have only done a little, like they've done some personal growth work, um, but they've always been kind of like apprehensive because it didn't have this piece in it about um oppression mm-hmm. um, or activists who became coaches um because they saw that a lot of their um their friends and um people that they were like arm in arm with were burning out and um not being able to sustain themselves because the work that they're doing on the front lines is like is so hard and difficult um and there's not a lot of space or time to like really care for yourself
0: yeah
1: um so it's like it's people from like all different <laughs> spectrums but all people that are like there's something wrong in this world or something that needs to change it's not working how do how do we help um yeah and I think it's people that kind of see that there has to be both. There has to be both the, um, the internal change and also the external change um, and that they both also- inform each other.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I'm just like, because I come from the, the personal development space, right? And I was just thinking about this while you were talking. I was like, gosh, like the activist work feels like there's this whole other level of bravery, I like showing up in this space, you know, and then I was thinking, I wonder if it might be the exact same for somebody who's entering in the activist side of things. Like, gosh, it's so brave to like look at your own stuff and like do your own healing. And I think that that's where like our personal like story really comes into play here of like one, what, what are we being called to step into and how are we like defining bravery? Like what is, what feels braver? or what's going to require more courage for us. And I don't think, I think it's different for everybody, depending on which side you're kind of coming into, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's definitely, (laughs) um, that same fear that we were talking about earlier. Like if I, if I let, if I really let this world affect me, if I really like feel it and, um, and and let it kind of like wash over me, that I'll drown because there's so much, there is so much pain. Um, and I think that is something that is, that is present kind of like on both sides of the, <laughs> of the like world changing spectrum that, um, you know, like people, I, I've seen so many people say, um, people that are coaches and healers and um, folks like that, say, you know, I don't watch the news. It's too much for me. Um, I don't really like to pay attention. I don't like the the drama. I don't, you know, I like to just focus. I know that there's suffering going on out there. I like to focus on what I can do. And it's like, yes, have boundaries. Yes. (laughs) Have, have self-care boundaries around like, you know, you know what you can, can handle and we can't, we can't shut it out. We can't, um. Say I. I don't pay attention to that. I know that there's suffering happening, like that. No. <laughs> um. You can. You can know it. That's cool. That's one step. And then, like, what are you doing? How. How are you, like, really, um, moving, the. The. Um. The efforts that are happening, to. To change things forward.
0: But I think um, this, this really starts to bring up, like. So we can put our heads in the sand, Mm -hmm. but you're putting your head in the sand is such a sign of you have the privilege to do that because Mm -hmm. this doesn't have to affect you on a daily basis. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been um, like the past few months, man, like I've been, I've been following you and like, and several other women of color that are really speaking to a, a lot of these issues. And I've just been looking at all of these, these new words that I'm not, I'm just now learning. And I'm like, And I'm asking myself, do I do that? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do. And then there's this, and I would love to hear your perspective on this because there's like these, there's oppression and then there's the, so the oppressed and then the oppressors. And I've been looking at like what healing needs to take place because there's, I feel like there's healing like that on both sides of it. Um, We have to be aware of how we're oppressing And that's the piece Mm -hmm. that I'm just starting to wake up to. And I'm like, wow. Um, Because there's like this really um, silent thing that's happened in my life where I've grown up in very segregated um, communities. Mm -hmm. And the segregated communities were never intentionally keeping anybody out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they weren't intentionally inviting people in either. And it's just started to awaken in me of like, that is just as damaging. Mm-hmm. And that is leading to um, maintaining the the systemic racism that's happening in our culture, and learning how you play a part in that is just like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. you know. Um. Yeah. So there's healing and also ownership there, and um, that has to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're sometimes you're holding space for lots of different emotions all at the same time.
1: Yeah.
0: While well, also simultaneously, like dealing with the your own oppression, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> So you're mm-hmm. like, it's just so interesting when you start to wake up to it. Um, but that it's all vulnerable stuff,
1: mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah, all of it. To to recognize how you have played a part in the harm of other people is yeah. a very vulnerable thing to do, and it's so necessary. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And but, I'm just, yeah,
0: like, it's, it's am just it. like scratching the surface yeah. too. That's the thing that I think is so mind-blowing is you don't realize how many layers upon layers upon layers. Mm-hmm. So my question, when I'm, when I'm sitting with the magnitude of this, I get angry. I get angry because mm-hmm. I feel like I've bought into all this stuff not knowing that I was buying into it. Mm-hmm. And the angry part of me is very rebellious and just wants to burn shit down and just tear it all away. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's that other side of me of like, well, what about getting really intentional about creating something new? Right. And I'm curious, like from your background in activism, like, is there a better place to direct our energy? Do both of these things need our intention? Like what is, what's your perspective? Mm-hmm
1: both the burning down (laughs) and the and the
0: (laughs) growing. yes (laughs)
1: yeah no both both (laughs) both are needed we like yeah because um i think there's been this conversation or i've heard this conversation about like um what's more important like, the, the creating the world that we want or, like, the the dismantling and burning down or um, and even this this question of, like, do we want to transform these systems or do we want to just dismantle them? And I think that's, a, like, a, a question for, that's, like, very specific, right? Because I think, and it's very interesting. I might get in trouble for this, but <laughs> it's interesting just to think about this country, the United States. It was... Created and and born out of so much um, just ugh, gunk. <laughs> it was it was it was created in the image of white supremacy and in the image of colonization and the image of, of patriarchy. And so yeah. there's this question of like, do we want to transform the 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 current like way that we um, govern this country? Or, or does it just all need to, like, burn down and then we'll, like, <laughs> recreate something at the end um, or in the meantime? Um, and I, I don't have answers. <laughs> but I think that, like, it's a similar question for, like, all of the systems in, in our world, whether, like, internal systems or um, um, systems outside of us and in our institutions and in our schools and everything. Like, um, is this something that we just need to, like, wipe the slate clean um if that's possible and and just like build something new or is it something that we need to like spend time and energy on transforming um and and making into something different or um innovating it i think all like the dismantling (laughs) the transforming and the um creating of something completely new or different um all needs to happen, um, yeah. but it should be strategic, right like um, I think out of our <laughs> out of our anger and just like upset and, and discomfort with the way the world is, like we want to burn all the <laughs> like, just burn it all down, burn it all Seriously. to the ground <laughs> um, and like yes, but also let 's be strategic about it, <laughs> um, and you know what what needs to be burned down. What needs to be dismantled? Um, and and what has the opportunity to be transformed? Um, and, and what can we create that's different and new?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, like, the both-and concept is really big for me with wild and holy. Mm-hmm. And even, like, just looking at, um, you know, what's really been interesting to me is looking at the way that this country was founded. Mm-hmm. Was that not only patriarchal white colonization, Mm -hmm. but it was also built on religious freedom. So everything was tied to God Mm -hmm. that justified all of these things, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that these were holy actions.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's, man, (laughs) some damaging things happen when we tie certain things to God or Mm -hmm. um, claim that certain things are holy or justified Mm -hmm. and we can twist and mangle any sacred text. Yeah. To, to, justify some very inhumane things. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to bring in like the religious component of this, even just like, not, not even religion, just God. Yeah. And when we're talking about creating something new, it's like, how, how is, how are things always intended? Like what, mm-hmm. how does, what, where's the spiritual component of what we're intentionally creating? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, you know, these are really big questions, obviously mm-hmm. that, so the smartest people in the world don't have <laughs> answers to, but I think there's something powerful of um, giving yourself a seat at the table to ponder oh. these questions for yourself because I think we all have a role to play yeah. and we all have gifts to, to give in order to tear down what's not right, which I think things need to be called out. And that can be very um, uncomfortable for people because it, it can come across as confrontational. And most right. people shy away from like I don't like the way the confrontation makes me feel. That's where mm-hmm. that vulnerability, I think, is so powerful. So calling things out and then also like, but when what are we calling in as well? You know, and it's it's a mm-hmm. lot to hold space for. So I mean, I think the work that you're doing of bridging these gaps, it's a lot and it's major. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just I, I'm like just so thankful for it because I've always kind of seen like the political scene as something that's so scary to step into. Mm -hmm. But when you were talking on that stage back in February, it was like this, like politics is spiritual. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're saying that it's not spiritual, like that's where spirituality is needed the most. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we need your voice in that arena. Yeah. So I kind of want to finish up today with how we be braver to step into the arena. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I want to, I want to see if this will, I, I had something I wanted to say and I want to see oh, if it like to yes. the answer to your question. Um, <laughs> sure. I think that, um, I think that what is most spiritual is, is connection and being connected to whether it's our body, our emotions, um, our soul, each other, the earth, um, God, <laughs> or the universe, or Allah, or whatever it is for you. Um, and the more that we can go for that connection, um, the more capacity that we have to like be with all of this stuff, yeah. to be with all of the hard stuff um and and connection not in in the like not just like in like a fluffy way, but like it's it's hard to be connected <laughs> sometimes like it's it's difficult, it can be um uncomfortable uh to to recognize even like how how you're connected to the pain that's happening um in the world around you to to look at that and to see. That like that's not an isolated thing that that you are deeply connected to it even if you're not um, directly affected by it. Yeah. Um, and I think the more that we can open ourselves up to that connection um, and not see ourselves as these like individual um, lives that exist in a vacuum, <laughs> um, but like really see ourselves as. Um, human beings which like to to be human like has has always been about connection (laughs) always has since you know we came into being (laughs) it's been you know like you can't exist and thrive and and even just survive as a human being unless you're connected to other human beings so when we're disconnected from that shit like the patriarchy and white supremacy get um, perpetuated and um, or created. So
0: I think perpetuated is a very accurate word, though, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: does not know if that start- answers
1: your question. But.
0: Well, it, it does because I can see because I think one of the things that prevents us from stepping into the arena is that we feel like we're doing it all on our own. Mm-hmm. And the more we center into the connection, not only um, are we connecting with other people who are in the arena, mm-hmm. but we're also connecting to the other people that we're stepping into the arena for. Yeah. And I think that when we start to um, open, it, it opens us up to a bigger why. Mm-hmm. But I'm not just doing this for me because I think something's wrong or something needs to change. Like, it's not only affecting me, it's affecting everybody. So Mm -hmm. when I can step out of the very egocentric place of the fear or um, whatever it is that's making me feel like I can't step into the arena and tap into all of the other people that may benefit from me using my voice, from you using your voice, Mm -hmm. it's not that it makes it less scary, but it makes you more courageous. Right. And I think. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that connection piece is, is the foundation of that. Mm -hmm. Allowing yourself to feel deeply moved. Yeah. Um, deeply intertwined and knowing that you're not alone, even though it feels like you are (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that there's, there's already people in that arena waiting for you, encouraging Mm -hmm. you who have been there before you, who will show up after you. Mm -hmm. And it's, everybody is in that arena, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'll add into
1: that, that connection piece, like also connecting to like the people before you, maybe not your, your blood ancestors, but you know, your spiritual ancestors, your, the people that you look up to in history that have like worked on this and people that you don't even know that have been like that dedicated their lives to, to making this world a better place and then like the people that will come after you um that so will continue to to do this work of making this world a better place like being connected to that like just makes it so much more expansive as well like it's not just all on like you and your one life and, <laughs> and changing no. the world by yourself like it's true so much
0: more I'm so glad you added that layer. You know, I went to um, the together tour with Glennon Doyle like just a couple of weeks ago Mm. and it was sponsored by ancestry and Mm. I've never done any of the ancestry.com stuff. Um, But I just find it really interesting to know who you're connected to. But two years ago um, I found out that one of my ancestors was burned at the stake during the witch trials. Mm. And it just put like such a different spin Mm-hmm. on what that must have been like for her, mm-hmm. why that happened to her, how that happened to her, and the actions that I'm taking now, of like really stepping into my own divinity, even if it looks way different than the traditional model. Mm-hmm. And not only am I giving myself that permission, but I'm also giving that permission for her, like bringing it yeah. full circle, and then looking at what I'm opening up mm-hmm. for my children or my grandchildren and future generations, like just the permission to know that you can be wildly yourself, I yeah. know that that is so incredibly holy. So so mm. glad you added that later. <laughs> uh,
1: yes. Love it.
0: Okay. So I'm going to put all of your links and everything down below. Um, I know coaching as, as activism just closed recently mm-hmm. and there is a self-study component though, isn't there?
1: There is, but it's not open. Um, I'm still kind of, I'm figuring it out. It's my first time doing self-study. So I'm like, I'm figuring out how I want it to, to be. So it's not open right now, but okay. it'll open again. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah.
0: so for everyone who's who's tuned into this conversation, I want you to know that Andrea is quickly becoming a, a thought leader in coaching as activism and really building this bridge between these two worlds, which I think is so incredibly needed. So I really want you to take the time to go and read her readings. I mean, oh my gosh, so much of your soul comes out on your blog. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that you've done lots of interviews at this point. So there's plenty of ways for people to soak up your knowledge. And then if they want to join you in coaching as activism, I'm sure there's information for them to stay in touch with you for -hmm. when that opportunity reopens. So thank you so much for joining me. I so Mm -hmm. appreciate you.
1: Thank you. This was beautiful and nourishing.
0: I feel the same. We will see you again soon on another episode of Wild and Holy Radio. If this episode touched you like it did me, I would love for you to share this with someone that you know, who is asking themselves bigger questions on how they can make change in the world. Because I'm telling you that social justice work and really starting to make a difference and change some of the systemic issues that are happening in our mainstream culture, it's gonna take all of us. So I would love to invite you to invite them to come and tune in to this episode and share more of Andrea's work in the world. I'd also love for you to leave a quick review on iTunes and let us know how we're doing so we can share this love even further and wider with other soul seekers who are looking for that extra inspiration to do something more, to be something more, and to create a life that honors their soul. I'll see you next week for another episode.